Hey, Heather, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Great to see you, Al. Great to see you, and I'm great. I mean, I'm great. <laughs> I'm excited to talk with you today about careers and people analytics. I mean, you've been at this a long time. Um, I'm not going to date us right now, but I will say that you have been through this journey that we're going to talk about. You've developed yourself as a people analytics professional, people analytics leader. So if you would please introduce yourself and a little bit more about what we're going to talk about, specifically your six points, because I know uh, you have those in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Well, hi, everyone. I am, I like to call myself a people data enthusiast. I really got into this whole field on accident, like many people in the field, uh, just appreciating how do we think about people and the odd approaches it might take to really understand what's going on, and especially with people in the workplace. And so my career really started out uh, just trying to get a sense of how do we use analytics to make the workplace a better place, specifically in the field of affirmative action and discrimination, and then I went on to have a role as an HR researcher, uh, which at the time, people analytics wasn't really a job title that existed. So that was about the closest. Um, went on to do workforce planning, then more talent strategy, uh, and then all things people analytics, people operations, uh, integrated approaches. And after uh, quite a while, uh, don't let the bangs fool you. I'm, I'm a little older than they, they sometimes make me appear. Um, after quite a while, I really wanted to switch focuses towards, I love this career and I want other individuals to be able to be part of this and to learn and grow. And so after quite a while in the practitioner space, I switched over to academia and I'm now a professor. I teach people analytics at multiple universities. I'm really excited. I'm building a complete people analytics specialization that starts next month. I, I am so excited about that. And the reason for this is I think it's such a great career. And I'm excited for those who want to get started in it. I want to do everything I can to maybe share some lessons and bumps that I or some of my friends experienced along the way and help individuals get into this really rewarding, really exciting area. And so, yes, I did prepare for today, you know, six steps maybe for those who are looking to get into their people analytics career um, and excited to be here and share some of that and have a little bit of a dialogue with you as well, Al. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I love your commitment to people data for good and making sure that we are proactively doing good with the data that is being generated. After all, it's being generated by people, by, by workers, and how to use this creatively yet responsibly and ethically is something that it takes an educational experience to understand where those pitfalls are, where those opportunities are. So can you speak uh, just before we get into your six points yeah, about that, you know, your commitment to people data for good and responsible use? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my journey, I had to learn a lot of things on my own as many of the people who are watching are probably doing themselves. You kind of just learn as you go, you figure out as best that you can. Um, and part of my now journey is I'm trying to make that a little bit more accessible for people. So trying to offer structured learning opportunities where uh, maybe you can have some of those steps provided to you along the way. Um, but then I, I joke because a lot of my people analytics classes are 
they're kind of like an ethics class hidden inside of a people analytics course. And that's because I think that the foundation of people analytics really is this notion that we should be looking at data, not about people, but for people. And so the idea of building everything that we do about how do we make data for good when we go to also use data for the good of an organization, we're thinking about data for the good of the people, uh, thinking about everything around ethics, privacy, but then also just intent and outcomes and how people are affected by it. And so that's something where I think if we start our understanding of what people analytics is from the frame of mind of people analytics for good, we're off to a much stronger foundation and we can think about it in, in more interesting ways along the way. Well, thank you for that because I I celebrate it because their HR data, people data are different and you know, there needs to be that understanding uh, again of the risks and opportunities. So I want to take us because we're going to talk effectively about two personas in my view today. Like if I'm an individual interested in developing myself, you know, what is my track? You know, what, what do I do? Similarly, if I am a leader and I'm trying to create a capability within the organization, you know, how do I hire smartly? How, how do I develop people who are already in the organization to do the work that's necessary? Because there's there's not a clear understanding of that. That's the reason we're having you know that discussion because there's workshops out there, there's degree programs, there's things in the middle that are six to eight weeks. I mean, so. What are your thoughts? If I'm, let's go to, I just graduated a couple few years ago in IO psychology or data science discipline. What do I need to do to get to a people analytics role where I am actually contributing in meaningful, sustainable ways? Yeah, it's a it's a great question and uh, one I get a lot because uh, I do end up meeting quite a few students in that position. Uh, but first of all, I think there's not, an answer. There's not a single thing you do. There's not a single point at which you start. There's not a single resource or course or book or workshop or anything that's going to make it all magically fall into place. But I'm really excited that there are so many resources these days. I think the first is have a little bit of a conversation with yourself, which is what kind of learner are you and what motivates you? What inspires you? What gets you going? Because if you are a structured learner, I have been some of those people who are always signing up for the workshops, the courses, like, you know who you are. Um, if you're a structured learner, him, there is more now than there has ever been before. So some, there are university programs, there are um, ones that are open access, there are online, there's other, um, but that's not the only way, you know, you can find individuals to follow. You can watch Pafal live sessions like we're doing right now. Um, you can read inspiring articles. You can follow people on social media, with, like great channels. Um, I think it's start first with what kind of learner are you? Um, do you want to just find people to maybe emulate and follow? Or do you want to have some kind of structured experience where you might take a course, follow a book, things like that? So I think first it's, it's more around what's right for you than it is anything else. But within that, I think there are some things that I would urge most people uh, to go toward, which is know what the big topics are in this space so that you know which things to follow and which books or which courses to take. And, you know, so um, for example, in, in the program that I'm building, there's a very conscientious set of modules 
And that's really to help people, you know, first understand the power and the business value of people data. Um, and actually, uh, maybe I'll, if, if, maybe we can put up, I, I have a slide for my specialization. Mm -hmm. I, I'm putting this up here in a little bit of a, just showing you this specialization that I'm excited about. But for those watching along, if you look at the, this, the right-hand side of this page, you know, this is a layout and, you know, feel free to use this for your own development, but this is a layout of, you know, eight things that I would urge most people to assess your own depth of knowledge around, which is number one, uh, do you really understand the power of people data? Do you know what it can be used for, how it can be applied, its impacts, its outcomes, where it exists, how you get it? Um, number two, and this one is really important if you are looking to have some strong business outcomes, is understand the value of human capital. Be able to do things like return on investment of your human capital and of your different value pieces. Uh, number three is really getting into that practitioner space around people analytics. How can we use uh, new approaches? So this is everything from your more basic analytics to you know organizational network analysis is really popular right now. How can we think about community and belonging and inclusivity through these really interesting analytics approaches? Um, and then not just how to do the analytics, but, and this is module number four, how do you make decisions based off of them? How do you think about the evidence that you gather? How do you connect them? Um, you know, five and six are really getting into you know, the future of work is going to continue to change. And this really changes what we see as being people analytics, both what's possible and what we do with it. Um, number six, and this is another one that I, I think similar to number two on the picture, some people may miss at times, is that this is a science. Um, Misael Serpis, who, who teaches this module, you know, he makes a great point, which is you would never take a medicine that hadn't been through rigorous scientific process. Why would you put in place business practices that you have never really tested and measured and given that same kind of rigor to, especially when you think of how that impacts people's lives? So just understanding the science, I think, is an important step. Um, and, you know, seven and eight are really how do we think about and apply these? Uh, there's different ways to apply it. You can do really impressive workforce planning. You can get to integrated talent management, compensation, learning. There's all sorts of applied ways. Um, and that hopefully will drive business results. So I put this up um, and talked through it because for those who are getting started, ask yourself, do you have these topics covered? Do you know how to value human capital? Do you know how to really show the ROI of your work? Have you approached people analytics from a scientist's mindset? You know, have you validated? Have, is it reliable? How do you check it? Um, are you thinking about the future? And are you applying them in ways to come? So for those who are starting out, you know, these are eight topics that I I would urge maybe do a little bit of self-assessment. How are you doing on them? Maybe see if you need to build them out a little further. You know, I want to highlight uh, Adam Grant's book, Think Again, uh, where he talks about uh, thinking like a scientist. And he talks about the three personas, uh, a prosecutor, a uh, politician, and a... <laughs> I, I messed it up, but it's, um, uh, it's not promoter, but it's it's something uh, 
presenter that I'm, I'm messing it up, but you get the idea is that we're spend so much time trying to convince others or poke holes in arguments that if we can think like a scientist and continually try and improve our understanding of systems, processes, people, then we're going to be better at this work. We got to stay in this perpetual state of curiosity. Um, so certainly uh, highlight that and align certainly with what you were sharing. So in terms of yeah, the six steps. I know you were working on a guidebook and I don't want to just put you in there, but, and say, Oh, where's the guidebook? Where's the guidebook? But what are some of the principles that you would say to have not only individuals, but organizations think about to develop people to be good people analytics professionals? Yeah. Um, and, and the, the guidebook is something I started as a, a side project a while ago. Again, I, I have a lot of students who are going into this field and people trying to get into it. So I started just every time I'd give advice, I started kind of putting it down into a book. Um, and, you know, there's sort of six categories that I would uh, put up there and maybe we can show that there. Um, and uh, the first is, you know, first of all, just for the individuals and even the organizations, and I know this kind of goes without saying, but start where you are. People are so worried sometimes that they don't have the skills or the materials or enough data or whatever the case might be, that they forget that they can start where they are, they can start small, and that they should start now. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Maybe you're in a people analytics job and you want to be. That doesn't mean that you have to wait and, and do anything later. So that's kind of my first one. Um, secondly, is to really leverage your strengths. Again, whether you're an individual or you're an organization, uh, too many individuals, some of the brightest individuals I've met, suffer from imposter syndrome. This is a real thing. People experience it all the time. Um, and they worry that because they're not a statistician or a data scientist or they're not a deep consultant, that maybe they can't do all these things. Uh, but the, the comment I would make is you do have the skills that you need, at least to get started and to start where you are. Um, but take some time and tap into your strengths. I usually recommend that teams as well as individuals take a moment to really ask themselves, what are the strengths that I do have and how do they apply to the people analytics career space? Uh, and then on the um, next step uh, that happens a lot, and this ties into, um, into how you kind of think about your imposter syndrome is not all people analytics skills are deep data skills. And so I usually recommend that people, when they do that skills assessment, Consider your non-technical skills that are really crucial to people analytics. This is where my analytical thinkers, my critical thinkers, those ones who know how to think holistically and systematically, you bring a skill set that without it, the data doesn't matter. And so it's focusing a bit on just the curiosity, the creativity of how do these pieces work together? Because people analytics is not like other analytics. When you affect one part of a person's life, there's so many other things going on. It's not as simple as a data value. It's much more complicated. And so that ability to think broader and to be able to translate 
data into those different pieces is where a lot of the strength is going to come in. Um, and you hopefully can tie that with your own business acumen. Maybe that acumen's in the HR space. Maybe it's really knowing how your company operates. Maybe it's having a background, maybe, you know, some IO psychology schooling. These specialties kind of connect in a way that when you can be a data translator and a data storyteller in a holistic way, you are doing people analytics, even if you never touch, you know, an algorithm or a calculation. Um, so don't feel that you have to have data skills to start where you are. That being said, you probably want to uh, build your data skills. Um, and I recommend, you know, just build gradually, build out slowly. Um, I like to recommend start with kind of the, the pyramid of the type of analysis that you do. Start with descriptive statistics. Can you describe what's going on? You know, try to get those skills down. There are plenty of um, videos and tutorials that can help you get that. Um, there's even plenty of good dashboards and human capital management systems that can help you do that well. And then moving along to diagnostic, can we start to understand why something happened? What's going to happen from it? Um, then maybe as you're building along, spend a little bit more time working on your skills around predictive. What might happen? You know, how will things be if we don't change from where we are? And with an end goal that hopefully uh, you're starting to use your uh, data skills and your non-data skills to be more prescriptive around what we should do or what we can do or how what we will do might affect things. And to me, that's um, when you've really gotten all of your skills connected is you're at that level and able to do it. Um, but you're not going to get there overnight. That's where continuous learning, I think, comes in the most is on the data. And um, and, uh, you know, I, I'd be curious, Al, if you agree, disagree, or maybe you'd add different skills to the mix of uh, no data and data. I'll just I'll just say this. I'm like uh, looking. Yes, 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 yes. So I, absolutely. I certainly celebrate uh, everything, uh, especially the notion that we have to be systematic thinkers and that we don't have to have the data skills right out of the gate. And even if we have the data skills, then we might have to educate ourselves on organizational dynamics and interpersonal behavior and what the data actually means. So it's not that it's linear. It's not that, you know, I certainly celebrate start where you are. So I, you know this as well as I do. When you talk to any people analytics professional, let alone people analytics leader, we all came from different places. You know, I think of Amit Mahindra. You know, he's labor economics. I think of R.J. Milner. He has a finance background. You know, Don Klinghoffer, tech background. You know, it's just uh, uh, Alexis Fink. She's an I.O. psychology background. So it's it's all over the map. I certainly celebrate where you are, but also be aware to your point of the skills that are required. Build those skills and. I would emphasize be open to partnering with those who have those skills that you might not because to be an expert at all this stuff is virtually impossible. But being aware and having it being conversant, I think, is really, really important. So, no, I certainly highlight this. And by the way, if you're listening and participating, add your comments, add your questions. We've got another 10 minutes or so. So would be interested in how you feel about this as well. So, yeah, no, this is great. Yeah. Well, I love that you brought up that build the skills. So in my, you know, top 10 list of non-technical people analytics uh, skills, 
in addition to being a good communicator, good translator, collaborator is magical. And to your comment, you know, people analytics is cross-functional. If you are doing it all by yourself, you're probably not getting all the right sources or it's not connecting to the right places. So being the person who can connect, whether you're also the one doing the data or maybe not at all, but just being the one that connects what's going on in the business, what the data is telling us, how we can use that to make informed decisions, how we think about its effect and its impact on people, being that hub, you know, being that center part that can connect all those pieces, that is one of the most valuable skills in people analytics, in my opinion. You can spend lots of time getting deep in one technical area or getting deep in one type of knowledge base, but it's that ability to connect everything that makes a people analytics practitioner really spectacular and able to do more than just find some information in the data. Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally got to chill again as you were talking because, yeah, we're facilitators. We are connectors. Mm -hmm. We're connectors of data, connectors of people, connectors of processes. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful uh, framing to, to yeah. have. I know you have a couple other points, so I want to make yep. sure we get through those. Yeah, just two last ones. Yeah, let's uh, toss that slide back up there. So um, the last two, um, you know, this is the, the kind of catch-all one. Number five here is... Yeah, there's more to it. So yes, yeah, start where you are, use the skills you have. It's not all data, but there's still data. And then number five is, um, you know, that's only part of the picture. You have to actually use people analytics. I like to use the term purposeful analytics because it doesn't make sense to just run around and look at data without applying it. You need to actually have it be useful, um, preferably useful for the sake of good. Uh, you need to be able to share, communicate, inspire action. And then there's also things around just governing the data. How do we be good stewards of it? How do we maintain it? How do we ensure privacy appropriateness? Um, even just things like reliability and, and how it connects. So a lot around just governing. And then, um, and Al, this is near and dear to your heart as well, but just being a good fellow human is a big part of people analytics. Uh, people data holds power. The people who have the people data hold power. It's the responsibility of people with power to do good with it. And I think we as people analytics pr practitioners need to remember that we kind of have a responsibility to be good to our fellow human and carry that along as well. You know, I, I love it. And a related question came in from uh, Sharif. I'm going to put it up here. Yeah, as future of PA. So we have talent intelligence now with, you know, I'm not going to name all the vendors, but you, you get, you know, we have this external data, labor market data, talent market data. We also have this internal data, which is growing. Uh, you mentioned ONA earlier. So, you know, we're kind of, we have arguably hey, educationally, we have to skate to the, where the puck is going to use the Gretzky um, metaphor. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts there about the future of, of PA and making sure that we're developing ourselves for the future, not where we've been historically? Yeah. And hey, Sharif, thanks so much. Um, you know, when I was listing out those eight modules, that's why to me of equally important is the future of work and people analytics. If we um, focus on where we've been or where we are now, we're going to miss this whole, where are things heading? Um, you know, 
we have continued to watch the accessibility, the availability, and the usability of data in all of its forms just grow and grow. Uh, I find all of the new technology platforms inspiring because uh, they are making data accessible to people who historically may not have been able to have the skills to pull it down and munge it and clean it or put it into some kind of usable form. They're also bringing in the ability to run the analyses right there where you don't have to go you know, actually know how to do a, I don't know, Nagelkirky R-square adjustment for your logistic regression. Like, oh my goodness. Um, so the technology is making it to where it is becoming more of a commonplace ability to do. And I think that's huge because historically that hasn't been the case. Um, when that happens, you know, we saw this with IT, things that were um, specialty become requirement. And I think we are on that Part where it's not a nice to have anymore. It is going to become an expectation that all organizations have people analytics. We would never run our operations without understanding our operational data and value. And so I think we'd have that same place where we're starting to expect that all talent operations, all people operations will have that same um, expectation kind of coming in as well. And those specialty things, you know, individuals like that are really excited about the data, we're going to have our time freed up. We're no longer going to be running just like attrition models. We're now going to be moving over to really interesting applications of network analysis. And we're going to start getting into optimization models. And my hope, and I teach this especially in um, my information science courses, my hope is that we're going to be spending our time figuring out how to build algorithms that identify and mitigate biases in our people practices. We can use the tools to not just know what's going on, but to actually find opportunities to increase inclusion. We can use data to identify biases that maybe are, are kind of hidden and, and structured in our system. And we can start to see the future of people analytics not just being an assessment of what is, but to start being able to create the future. So I can't wait for the future of people analytics because we're getting into the place where we can start affecting change, um, not just inform, but make happen. And to me, that's really, really exciting. And I'm seeing some of that in 2022. I got another chill, Heather. <laughs> I, I That was beautifully put. And I could not agree and celebrate that more. Absolutely. Hey, I know we're coming up on time here and I know you got one more point. So uh, I want to. It's a quick point, but yeah, let's put it up just to close it out. You can't say six and not do six. Um, so final point of is people analytics for anyone in it. It's a self-crafting career. You have to put the effort into it. I know everyone says you drive your own career and that is true. But that is exceptionally true for those who are interested in people analytics. No two people analytics jobs look the same. Also, people analytics isn't always a job all unto itself. Sometimes it's just a tool or a technique. And I meet a lot of people where the interesting conversation isn't how do I get a people analytics job? The more interesting conversation is I already have a job. I do something I really care about. You know, I'm part of a recruiting team and I care about that, or I'm a leader of a large group of people and I just want to do right by my team. That's where bringing people analytics into your career has more power is because you can use it to reach these other ends. And so my first thing that I usually recommend to people is 
maybe don't go looking at job postings for people analytics jobs. Maybe ask yourself, how can people analytics make what I want to do, what I want to accomplish possible and uh, more in depth? And that's where some really cool applications have started to come out is people using people analytics to accomplish what they hope for instead of treating it separately. So hopefully those of you watching are figuring out how to craft your own career, but don't limit yourself. Yeah. Well, hey, I love these points. Love that you're sharing them. Thank you for doing what you do. How can people learn more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, um, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm there all the time. Um, if you're interested in any uh, courses, some you have to join my universities, but some are <laughs> open um, and you can go there, but send me a message. I'll even be happy to share these uh, starter guide that I have going. It's It's raw. It's a Word document, but hey, you're welcome to it if you would like it. Okay, we'll make sure we put the, the links in the comments uh, on LinkedIn and elsewhere. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And for those in the Bay Area, I'm just going to do a quick plug before uh, we sign off. We're going to be meeting next Wednesday, May 25th at Devil's Canyon Brewing Company. And uh, Heather, I'm sorry, you're not going to be in town because I know you like your beer. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's going to be 5 to 7.30 p.m. Who's who of people, analytics, workforce planning, employee experience professionals here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. First time we're getting together under the Pafau banner uh, since 2020. So uh, very excited for that. And Heather, you've been a great contributor to Pafau and our greater community over the years. So thank you for doing what you do yet again. And uh, look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully very soon. So yeah, have a beer for me. And thanks for everything, Al. And cheers, all. Right. All. all right. You be well. See you soon. Bye.